You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. Amen. There's a story about uh, two dogs uh, and their masters who one of the dog's name is Harlan and the other dog uh, is named Ace. And so um, they know that they're getting ready to go to, to the dog park. So the owner grabs the leash and he gets, and the owner of Ace grabs the leash and heads to the dog park. They're running and all of a sudden, the, the master lets Ace off the leash. Ace has not been off the leash in a long time, so he is going to get everything that it's worth that when he gets off the leash. He takes off. He takes off. He runs over some people, runs over a little girl with a balloon. The balloon goes into the air. He runs, and he tears off the, 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 the blanket, the cover that's on the table, and food goes everywhere of somebody else having a picnic, and he just runs over because you understand that Ace has been free. And he has tasted freedom, and there's no way he's going back to where he was before. I'm free, I'm free, I'm never going back. I'm free, I can do whatever I want to do, I can go wherever I want to go, I can go places that I've not gone before. I am free, so he's free. And the master's calling for him, Ace, get back here, Ace, come here. Ace, what are you doing? No, Ace, oh no, Ace, come on, Ace. And he's running through everywhere in the park. And so finally, some, some people are trying to catch him. Ace is like, uh-uh, he jumps over him. Somebody over here tries to catch him, uh-uh, he moves to the side. And then finally, Ace is cornered, and he's cornered, and the master finally gets him and puts him on the leash, and he goes, there never again am I going to let you off the leash because that is way too much freedom. And so they go back, and Ace is all upset because he's back on the leash. Harlan, on the other hand, is walking with his master, and she's amazing. And so she's always walking with him. They get to the dog park, and she takes him off the leash. Then all of a sudden, Harlan has an understanding of what it really means to be free, because freedom isn't doing whatever you want to do, but freedom is walking with the master. You take me off the leash, I'm not going to go wherever I want to go. I'm not going to do everything I want to do. I'm not going to do things I know I'm not supposed to do because I understand that as long as I'm walking with the master and you don't have to put a leash on me, there, has, there needs to be no restrictions. There needs to be nothing holding me back. There needs to be nothing that, that keeps me in, in, in place because I understand that as long as I'm going with the master, as long as I'm following the master, as long as I'm going where he's going, as long as I'm going where he's taking me, I am free. Freedom is doing what the master is doing. Freedom is going where the master goes. Freedom is being where the master is. And I understand. And, and Harlan has a revelation of freedom because other people think freedom is just doing whatever you want to do. Harlan goes, I know what freedom is. I don't want to be anywhere else but with the master. I don't want to do anything else except what the master tells me to do. Matter of fact, I only do what I see him doing and I only say what I hear him saying. I want to be with the master. So that's true freedom. Amen? True freedom. So I want to ask you this morning, the leash has been taken off. The restrictions have been gone. All the things that would keep you from going and being what God's called you to be and doing what he's called you to do, uh, don't have to put you back on the leash because you understand what freedom is. Freedom is what Jesus said. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. It was for freedom that he has set us free and no longer to be entangled and yoked up by the yoke of slavery. He has set us free. He has made us free. And so freedom is being with the master. If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 1, and then as you're turning there, I'm going to pray. 
for us that we would get a fresh revelation of freedom this morning that we've not had before. Lord, I want to thank you for everything that you are saying and doing this morning. We just say, Lord, let every restriction, let every uh, every lid, everything that has kept us from being and walking in your very best, Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in it, help us to step in it, help us to see what you've called us uh, to see and do what you've called us to do in everything. Everything we've been doing is with worship, Lord, we want it to glorify you. We want you to be glorified and lifted up. So we thank you for that, and we love and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 says this, For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Are you glad about that? That all the fullness, everything, the fullness should dwell in him. Who's he talking? We're talking about Jesus. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him are the things on earth, or things in heaven having made peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. He's brought us to himself in the body of his flesh through, the, through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which, is, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So we're talking about freedom for the last uh, few weeks and even into it, and I brought up this, uh, this door that has been, uh, been uh, just a, an illustration of, of freedom. We talked about unforgiveness for a couple of Sundays. This morning, I want to continue to talk about freedom because it is, it is of the utmost importance that as we dive into the message of freedom and we close all the doors to the enemy, uh, and, and one is we talk about unforgiveness, closing the door so that the enemy doesn't have access. One of the ways that he has access is when we, in our minds, begin to take on some ungodly beliefs. This morning, I want to talk to us about the fact that we could close the door to ungodly beliefs. Here in Colossians, it's talking about the fact that we were once alienated and enemies in our minds. Uh, when you talk about being an enemy of our mind, that's where, that's where your thoughts, because the Bible says this. We know the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We have the mind of Christ, but at the same time, the enemy comes at us to try to get us to believe lies, and we get us to believe, believe lies, and then we walk in bondage because if the truth will make you free, then a lie will keep you in bondage. Correct? And so the enemy. So where were we first? Where were we first in the, in the place of being an enemy? In our minds. We thought for a fact that we were in our minds as the enemy. That, that, that's what the thoughts was placed. Even in Satan's mind. I would be like the most high. He said it in his heart, in his mind. I would be like the most high. When we get to believe those ungodly thoughts, we think it in our minds, and we go there in our minds. And here's, and I'm going to prove it to you because I'm going to read Luke 4, 18 and 19. This is, this is important. You've heard this is a scripture. We, scriptures that we read all the time, but I want us to read it in your hearing today because I want to point out something. Luke 4, 18 and 19. And so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, you can turn it or you can read it, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And as he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. And listen to this, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. 
In the old King James, the word, that word doesn't say oppressed. It says that all those that are bruised. You actually use the word, the word bruised. And the word oppressed has to do with this, anxiety, the feeling of being burdened physically and mentally. So you can be burdened in our mind, right? He said that he's come to proclaim liberty to those that are oppressed, have anxiety, have worry in our minds. He's like, and it also means to be, to be uh, uh, downtrodden um, and to be bruised. You ever think about a bruise? I had a bruise. I had a bruise. On, I got one actually on my finger right now um, where um, it's, a, it's a dumb bruise. I was, I was shooting the other day, and I, and I stuck my finger inside my shotgun, and it clamped up on my finger, and it was bruised. And, my, you know, my son was there, so I tried to act like it didn't hurt, but it hurt now. It just hurt. I mean, it's just awful pain. It was just, you know, and I'm just telling you, it's just awful. It's still bruised right now on the tip of my finger, but where it clamped my finger and it's bruised. Now, it's starting to heal, but I will tell you, as I touch it, I can feel the tenderness of the pain. I want to tell you this. The enemy has come at some of us, some of you that are sitting here right now watching online. The enemy has come at you, and there's been some sort of trauma. There's been some sort of bruise. There's been some sort of, of, um, of attack against you. You know, you maybe have come out of it, but at the same time, the healing process is what we're talking about. Healing up the oppressed has begun, and so therefore the healing of your mind needs to ensue so that you can be whole. See, God is about healing us from the inside out. Yeah. He's not about just chubbing in for us to feel good and all that. He, yeah, I'm saying healing comes about. It's feeling, feeling good is one thing, but the truth is when he heals us, he heals us from the inside out. And so there's sometimes you can be walking around with this trauma. You can be walking around thinking these thoughts and all these things, but at the same time, believing an ungodly belief will keep you at a place from not walking in the truth that God has for you. Do you get that? So he's come to heal up. Heal up the, the, the brokenhearted. And then he says, they said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But at the same time, heal up those who are oppressed. Those who are oppressed. And he talks about if you're oppressed, that, that is, you can have be oppressed by thinking ungodly thoughts. Now, I'm going to give you a definition of what an ungodly belief is. Because some are like, well, what do you mean, PC, when you talk about an ungodly belief? And it's important for me to explain that to you. Because like, you could be believing in an ungodly belief and not necessarily know that you're believing in an ungodly belief. And so here's where I got this definition. is from uh, We have a ministry here that we use called RTF, Restoring the Foundations, by the Kilstra, uh, Chester and Betsy Kilstra, the founders of Restoring the Foundations. Foundations. And here's what it is. This is very important. I want you to hear the definition of an ungodly belief. All beliefs that um, all beliefs, decisions, attitudes, agreements, judgments, expectations, vows, and oaths that do not agree with God. Not only do they not agree with God, they don't agree with his word, they don't agree with his nature, they don't agree with his character, they don't agree with anything that God has. Those are ungodly beliefs. You get that. You say, well, it doesn't agree with God. So we, we continue to walk in those belief systems, and if it doesn't agree with God, then we choose to believe it. If it doesn't line up with his word, does it line up with his nature, does it line up with who he is? And if it doesn't line up, then it's an ungodly belief. I don't want to, just like Bill Johnson was just saying, anything that he has said, I don't want to agree with, line up with anything that he hasn't said in his word, I need to be able to stand in. Amen? Because that's what God has called us to do. And here's what it says about a belief system. It says if you, this is what I want you to hear this. If you accept a belief, then you reap a thought. If you sow a thought, you reap an attitude. If you sow an attitude, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a character. 
And if you sow a character, you reap a destiny. So your thought life, you're believing the thoughts that you believe, the thoughts that come into your mind, even though sometimes they may not be of God, how you believe causes you and defines even how you live. So you show me a man who believes a certain thing, he'll take that thing with him and he'll change the course of who he is. I'll tell you, that man really believes that. He really believes that chair is going to hold him up. Why? Because he sat in it. Didn't say anything. Didn't do it. He sat in it. He really believes that. <clears throat> in my case, there are some times where that faith is shaken at times. I'll be honest with you. But he, he believes that. And so that's why we've been talking about the door. Uh, last week when I showed you the door, uh, I showed you the fact we talked about the latch. We talked about unforgiveness, how that if you don't forgive, you're latched on. You're tied to that person. We talked about the cross. Show you the cross in the middle of the door and how that the cross, what Jesus said while he was at the cross, on the cross, um, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then we talked about the doorway. Um, this morning, I want to talk about three more aspects of the door. Are you ready for this? And then I'll be out of your way. Here's, here's, here's one, point one. Uh, the the, this door, we talked about it before, had, has a, lot, a latch, but I want you to notice that we may, we've modified our door. We have some things attached to it that you may not be able to see, but I'm going to show you. The first point I want to talk to you about is the door has a door stop right here. So the door is not swing, swinging wide open, but it has a stop. And here's what I, the reason why I want you to pay attention to the door stop is because when those ungodly beliefs and those thoughts come into our mind, God has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit the ability to stop those thoughts coming through our mind. We have the power to stop the traffic and the flow of the enemy's voice in our ears, in our hearts, in our minds to be able to, to, to hear what God is saying. God has said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. So within that, within the door stop is the beginning. You say, you know what? Stop. That thought didn't come from God. That thought does not line up with his nature. That thought does not line up with what he says about me. He says that I am forgiven. Now, why am I carrying it? I don't know, but I'm going to get rid of it today because he's already forgiven me. He's already blessed me. He's given me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I have uh, been forgiven. I have been washed. I've been redeemed. I have been covered by the blood of the lamb. I'm justified. And if I'm justified, then he's predestined me to live the life that he's called me to live. I have the mind of Christ. Well, what thoughts are you thinking? I don't know, but I'm realigning myself to think the thoughts that God says about me says the Lord, so that I can stand in his will and his ways and know what he has said about me. Satan, I know this is, I know that's from you. How do you know it's from me? You can disguise your voice. You can disguise it as whatever. I know in whom I have believed that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. I trust in what his word says. So the door stop. Stop the lies of the enemy. Sometimes you got to just talk to yourself. Just be like, stop it. Like, what's wrong with you? I stop it. I'm not going to believe that thought. I'm not going to cho choose to believe what God says about who I am. Amen? Amen? This is why the word of God says this comes in our mind. Romans 12, where it says, for us not to be conformed to this world, but for us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. The only way we're going to be able to change the way that we think, change who, how we think, is to be able to change with the renewing our mind with the word of God. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 13. Here's what it says. Just love this. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober 
and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How are you going to gird up your mind? How are you going to cause your mind to be sober? How are you going to cause your thought life to line up with what he says? The word of God, which is active and living, is causing what causes you to align your, your thoughts with his thoughts. And you said, and this is what he says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says God. Anybody want to know his thoughts? Anybody want to know his thoughts? A couple of people want to know. Anybody want to know his thoughts? Would you like to know? I'm telling you what, when the kids were, were little, when I said, well, I would play this game, we'd come to him and say, do you want to know what your father thinks about you? They'd be like, oh, yeah. Do you know what your mother, I would say, do you know what your mother thinks about you? Yeah, we want to know. Like, you don't want to know. They go, we want to know. But like, no, you don't. They go, yeah, we want to know. And we say, man, she thinks you're amazing. She thinks you're great. She thinks you're, you know, this or that. And you see them, you know, they just, ah, ah. You know, they do that thing. And I'm telling you what, I want to ask you this morning. Do you know how your father feels about you this morning? Do you know you're the apple of his eye? Do you know that he dances around, the Bible says, when he sees you? Do you know that he sees you as forgiven, as clean? Do you know that he sees you as justified? Do you know that he sees you as a son and a daughter of the living God? That he sees you as sinless, as blameless? Matter of fact, this is what he says about you, that you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And that you are, that he's placed your feet upon a rock and he pulled you up by the muck and the mire and he's washed you white as snow though your sin may be as scarlet he has washed you he has cleansed you and he has caused you to stand in a place and he says now I can boldly go to the throne of grace and and go in and, and obtain mercy to find grace to help in time of need why because you're a son and you're a daughter of the living God and no one nobody can change the way that he feels about you to understand that so you can do the, do the door stop, the door stop, stop it, stop it. I'm not going to, I'm choosing not to walk and live in, think about those thoughts. Not going to do it. Those thoughts may come, and sometimes they're heavy, are they not? Sometimes they come in, and there's a situation that's screaming loud, but you can stop, the door stop, it has to stop. Can't just swing wide open, it's got to stop, it has a door stop right there. Stop it, stop it, stop those thoughts. When I was about 15 years old, um, I, I struggled with, some of you guys don't know this, because you're like, well, some of you guys ask, your, ask my wife, she's like, is he like that all the time? Is he funny like I had all the time? Because you guys look at her, and she don't laugh at my jokes, you know, and she's just sitting there looking at me, she doesn't laugh. She's looking right now, y'all are, <laughs> she's just like. <laughs> so you got to know when you're up here, you're married to her, you got to know that you're loved, right? You just got to know it. I feel it. I know I'm accepted in the beloved. You know what I'm saying? So I know she loves me. No, really, she, she's heard all these messages, and I've asked her about all the jokes. I'm gonna say, she knows what I'm going to say. I've, she's heard this message probably six times, but she listens as a faithful wife. But the truth is, is I wasn't always that way. I wasn't. I, 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 as a kid, walked in so much depression, and I was so depressed and oppressed. This is a true story. My coaches, they, they, called, they would call my parents and say, is there anything going home with Chris's life? Is there anything that's, that's issues that are going on? They go, no. And nothing's going on. They go, when he comes here, he's depressed. He seems like he's depressed. He, uh, he, <laughs> he plays football like there's something wrong with him, like he's trying to kill somebody. I go, well, I thought that's what football was about. I thought that's what you're you supposed to do. The guy with the ball, kill him. You know, that's what I thought. I thought it was a great place. You know, he's got the ball. I'm trying to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Don't give him the ball if you don't want me to tackle and take his head off and, and throw it across the deal. You don't want me to do that. Don't give him the ball. Don't give him the ball. If you want him to live, don't give him the ball. And especially if you want him to live, don't give him the ball to run him through my lane because I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that he bleeds. You know what I'm saying? That was my thought. 
Apparently that's not what you're supposed to do. So I, I that, but I was, I was. My parents started to notice some things and they, and they started praying with me and I was, I was depressed. You know, let me just tell you something. When people say they're depressed and some of you, some people go, wow, they just need to come out of it. Like, can I just tell you, sometimes people, they just feel like they can't come out of it. There's just something that comes upon them. Sometimes depressed people don't even know how they got in that place, but there's a, they feel hopeless and they don't feel like they can get out of it. And so the truth is, is that I had believed of some lies. I had some ungodly beliefs in my life, I had to get to a place where I had to think about what God's word said about me. And I was tired of being that way. To the point, my parents and everybody that around me were tired of me being depressed. And so my parents had called up here to a place uh, so I'm living in Arkansas, Camden, Arkansas. Of course, they didn't realize that living in Camden, Arkansas caused you to be depressed. Anyway, so they forgot about all that. I'm living in Camden, Arkansas, and I know some of my Camden people are going to watch this and put stuff on my Facebook page. But I'm just telling you, there was a time in my life where you just walk outside and be like, Camden, Lord, get me out of this town. You know what I'm saying? But, but the truth is, is that I was depressed. I was living in depression. I was walking in depression, and I didn't know how to get out of it. You ever been in a situation that you necessarily didn't cause yourself but didn't know how to get out of it? Anybody else besides me know what I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm telling you, I know there's people in here that are experiencing that. In a situation that they cannot get out of, and I was depressed, they were called up here to a place called the Rafa House that dealt with depression, and they were going to have an appointment. They had booked the appointment, and they were going to take me. And I remember they had show, told me, they go, they go, son, my dad was like, son, I don't, my dad talks real slow. He goes, I don't know what to do with you. He goes, I prayed for you, tried to cast the devil out of you. He goes, I don't know what's going on. And so I realized that there was a problem. And here's what I remember. This is as, this is as, as true as I, I remember just as I closed my eyes, I'm thinking about that blue chair um, that was in our room and that was one of those old chairs. And I remember sitting down and opening the word of God and reading where it said, talked about that serving the Lord thy God with, with gladness and cheerfulness of heart. And I remember reading that scripture and talking about the oil of joy for mourning. And I remember reading that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I remember reading that he talked about the joy that comes, unspeakable joy. And then I just said, Lord, I, and I, I in that chair, I lifted my hands. I said, one hand, my right arm. I said, God, I'm tired of being depressed. I am tired of living this way. There was a way Wait on me that I cannot get off of myself. But then I remember him saying that come to me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened down, and I will give you rest. Take upon my yoke and my burden because it's easy and light. And I remember praying, God, if you take this away, I'll serve you. I'll tell you, I'll do something. I'll do something like, you're making a transaction with God. You're not supposed to make a transaction with God. I'll tell you what, you can say that all you want to, but I was desperate to get out of that place of depression because I didn't want to live in that anymore. But I believe the active word of God as I begin to read it and begin to believe it got on the inside of me and it changed my life from that day on forward it changed my life and I was not depressed anymore my parents canceled that appointment and they caused me to have joy and I've been telling jokes ever since because there's something about the joy of the Lord that comes upon you and changes you when you get to a point that you believe that his word is stronger than that ungodly belief that you've had in your life, his word will illuminate the joy of God that's on the inside of His word came in and did surgery in my heart. I'll cut that off. I'll cut off that doubt. I'll cut off that unbelief. I'll cut off that, and I'll attach the fact that he's fearfully and wonderfully made. He needs to know that. He needs to know that he has a mind of Christ. I'll add some of that, and then I'll make sure that he understands that I've gone before him, and I've, and I've blessed him, and he got everything he needs. Show him back up. He's ready 
now. Been telling jokes ever since. I desire, I have a, I have a desire, it's a passion. I love to see people laugh. I love the fact that people can have joy and that I can say some things to them. And though they've been, I've been looking like they've been sucking on persimmons all their life. I can say one thing, it caused him to be able to laugh, but it's not me, it's the joy of the Lord. I'm telling you, that's the reason why. Just stop believing those ungodly beliefs about myself. Change me. He can do the same for you. Stop. The door stop. Amen? Amen. That's point number one. Here's point number two. If you don't change your ungodly beliefs, and you'll change the way you think about yourself, you also need, it'll change the way you think about people. Right? So have you guys noticed that I've added to my door a peephole? Do you see it? It's a peep, it's a peephole, and I can see you, but you can't see me. I see you out there. Wave at me, Pastor Terry. I can see you. There he is right there. I can see you. Now some of you are laughing, but here's the truth. Some of you allowed your ungodly beliefs to cause you to look at people the way God does it, the way that he doesn't look at them. And so he wants to change that. So you look at it, it's called a peephole, but I'm telling you, he wants to change the way that your ungodly beliefs make you look at people. And let me tell you why. This is what, what he says in Galatians chapter 3. If you have your Bible, you turn there. We've said this before. Um, and while you're turning there, some people, I'm going to say this because it's, uh, I'm going to clarify what, what I said last week and what I'm going to say this week about the way you look at people, the way we see people. I said some things about Black Lives Matter. I said some things about racism. But I'm going to tell you as you're turning there, it's not a skin problem, but it's a sin problem. Do you guys understand that? It's not, you could call it, you could call it, you know, is it racism? Yes. Is there racism in, the, racism in the world? Yes, there's racism in the world. Do we need to have a conversation? Yes, we need to have a conversation about it for people that don't understand. But the truth is, is the way I see it is the word of God is the one that defines it. Here's what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. It doesn't change that. For as many of you uh, as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You have put him on. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are, if you are Christ, if you're his, then you are of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Do you understand that? And so it's we're all in. Because you could talk about racism, but you could also talk about somebody who may not make as, as much money as you. Uh, anytime you look down on somebody who is and does not, and you look down on them in any type, any way, the way that they look, the way that they are, the things that they do, the things they say, anytime you don't look at them as a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ, it is sin. And therefore, if it's sin, then that means that it's wrong. Amen. And so he's like, but what about this movement? I'm not worried about a movement. I'm worried about a movement that already happened. That's the fact that the gospel of Jesus Christ has come for all of us so that we can walk in the will and ways of God, and he's called us according to his purpose. So what I'm saying is this. We don't, this is what it says here, and uh, it says this, that we're no longer, and for, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 16, therefore from now on we regard no one according to the flesh. I'm not going to look at him. In the flesh, I'm going to see them in the, as in the spirit. I'm going to look at them the way God sees them. So some of you need to pray that in the morning. God, help me to see people as you do. Help me to put your eyes. I want to see them the way you do. I don't want to look at them on, from the outside. I don't want to look at them with the color of their skin. I don't want to look at their economic background. I don't want to look at where they came from, necessarily where they came from. I want to see them the way you see them right now. 
I want to have my eyes to see people the way you do. There was a song when I was a kid that they used to sing, and I'm telling you, it was so, because we only had that one radio station in Camden, Arkansas, and they would play it, and it was, people need the Lord. And they wore that song out, and people need the Lord. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need the Lord just to get through this song. (laughs) When will you realize he's the open door? And they would sing that song. And I hated it as a kid. Like, there's got to be another song. Right? And then Ray Bolts came on with, thank you for giving to the... Ah! <laughs> so I sing this song anymore. But can I tell you, as I've gotten older, and as I've, I've, I've walked with people, and I've gone to church, and I've seen people, and I'm telling you, I walk around, live among them, can I just tell you, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will they realize? I'm telling you, they'll make you sing that song. People got to have them. You hear what I'm trying to tell you? They need Jesus. And you're laughing, but it is true. Antifa, they need Jesus. Black Lives Matter, they need Jesus. Around the world, they need Jesus. The Marxist group, they need Jesus. They got to have him. I don't care where you are, what background you come from, you need Jesus. And I'm not going to say anything else other than the fact I'm not going to preach any other gospel. I'm not going to say any other truth. I'm not going to walk in any other way until I proclaim, and I proclaim it until the day I die, that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father Accept through him, and you need Jesus. So we're not going to get stuck into politics. Are we going to be that church that's politics? No, because our government is upon his shoulders, and his kingdom is increasing. And of the increase of his kingdom, there's no end. So we're going to preach that gospel. We're going to live that gospel until the day he comes back. And when I'm sitting next to you at the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we're eating ribs because I believe that's going to be there, I'm going to say to you, wasn't that good? that Jesus' kingdom was already increasing and expanding and in, in us. And he took the world by storm and people came to him in groves. Remember when we were down there chilling? We were doing, doing what God, we were doing what God told us to do and God came in and revival broke out. Wasn't that good? You could be like, yes. And I'm going to wipe my hand on you. You know, next thing that, you know. Second illustration, the peephole. Freedom has a look. See, the pe- see people the way that... He called you to see him. Number one, stop, stop the ungodly beliefs, doorstop. Number two, the peephole, right here, change the way that you see people. My, my last point has to do with this doorbell. Had that added. Because I want to tell you guys, I want you to listen to this. Freedom has a sound. It has a sound. So when I touch it, when I press it, And I press it again, it has a sound. So we're like, where's the door? You open the door. Back in Jesus' day, they didn't have a doorbell, but he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone will hear my voice and open that door, I'll come in. And freedom, freedom has a sound. And that sound is not necessarily what you, you think. That sound sounds like a knock on the door. That sound 
of freedom is the sound of nails that were hammered to his hands and feet at the cross. Freedom has a sound, and that sound sounds like a tomb that was rolled away. It sounds like an earthquake when the tomb was rolled away. So freedom has a doorbell, and I want to tell you this morning, let freedom ring this morning. I want to say that again to you. Let freedom ring this morning. Would you say it with me this morning? Let freedom ring. So I want to tell you that let freedom ring from the cross to the grave. Let freedom ring from the grave to the sky. Let it ring in your life from the time of your salvation and even until now. Let freedom ring. Let it ring from your marriage vows to your children and their children and their children's children. Let freedom ring in your finances and all your bank accounts. Let freedom ring in your neighborhood. Let freedom ring from your neighborhood to the communities and to your city. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring in the city of Carrollton, Plano, Frisco, Louisville, the colony, Prosper, Dallas, Little Elm, Richardson, and all the surrounding cities. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring from every school every university, every private school, and every learning center. center. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring in every abortion clinic, every crack house, every jail house, and let's not forget the White House. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring in the Senate. Let freedom ring in the cabinet. Let freedom ring in every elected official serving and that will be serving in the White House. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring over our troops and over our men and women and our armed forces and our defense department let freedom ring. Let freedom ring over this upcoming election. Let freedom ring over the rest of this year and the years to come. Let freedom ring in the state of Texas, Arkansas. Let it ring in Oklahoma. Let freedom ring and over every state in this nation. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring all across the nations of this world. Let freedom ring in every ethnic group and every walk of life because the Bible says that there's coming a day that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring over Sojourn Church. Let freedom ring over Bent Tree, over Covenant Church, over Prestonwood, over Freedom Life Assembly. Let freedom read over Parkway Hills Baptist, First Baptist of Carrollton, Gateway Church, Life Church, and over every church that proclaims the name of Jesus. Let freedom ring in the name of Jesus. Let freedom ring in every young person. And every old person and everyone in between, let freedom ring. Let freedom ring because God said in his word that in these last days, he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters prophesying, old men dream dreams, let freedom ring. Let his freedom ring in your heart this morning and let every trap, every lie, every restriction Every holdback, every chain, every shackle, everything that the enemy has tried to put upon you to keep you from God's very best, let it fall off this morning and we proclaim freedom over you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. There's freedom. I'm telling you what. There's nothing more than 
a shepherd who wants his family to get it. <clears throat> I, if I could wear half of my face with blue paint and you would get it, I'd do it. If I had to ride with a skirt on, a kilt on, back and forth, and say, they may take our lines, but they will never take our, or whatever, so I, if I would do it. <laughs> whatever it would get, whatever I needed to do to get our people to understand that God wants us to walk in the freedom that he paid for, nothing less than, but all of the freedom that he's paid for. When you walk out these doors today, I want you to know that you are free. You're not as free as you're going to be, but you're freer, you're more free than you were yesterday, and you're free today, but you're going to be more free in the future because God, because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And that scripture can be read, where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom, there's liberty. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.